How much time do you want for your progress? progress. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Clatter Chatter on Things That Matter, the podcast that is intellectually engaging, theologically reflecting, encouraging sociologically, imagining ways in which we can live. Thank you for spending this short amount of time with us. We promise you that you will not regret a moment of it. Shout out to Trevor Smith and V.J. Herbert for commissioning this fantastic music to get our minds going on things eternal, positive, and fulfilling life's purposes. Well, 30 days in September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31, except for February. 30 days is where we are for April, September the 30th, 2022, the last day of the month. Here we are about to turn over the last quarter of 2022. Come on, Dr. Hayes. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatsoever time that it is, wherever the time is, we're in Kairos time rather than Kronos time. And timing is but an instrument of of social construction. Uh, I believe in as our African ancestors, time is circular, not linear. And we are seeing how we are living in some interesting times just in the midst of a major hurricane, Hurricane Ian, that has impacted our brothers and sisters in, in Florida and up the eastern co- coast. Uh, more specifically, I think the what they call it the low country area is about to get hit, the Carolinas, and, and, and we'll see it, it grazed Cuba and I believe some of the other Caribbean countries and it's wreaking havoc here in the United States, um, in a state of Florida that we, my gosh, Lord have mercy, the Florida Everglades, some of the writings of Zora Neale Hurston and some of those others who, uh, in the African American Museum of Arts, I used this in class the other day, how, um, uh, black babies were used as gator bait. And uh, in Florida, uh, and and I think it's the University of Florida has its ma- mascot as the gator, and so just the images of how um, how our black bodies have re- really never meant a whole lot, and the state of Florida has a lot to come to terms with. If those Everglades could ever speak, and those ancestors who who um, you know just. My goodness, Dr. Hayes, that Governor yeah. DeSantis is the embodiment of all that is evil. And uh, it is what it is. But we're praying for our brothers and sisters in the state of Florida. Uh, now is the time to eliminate the partisan politics. Somehow nature helps us to realize that we are nothing in the greatest scheme of things. The story has it that, that some folks down there in these retirement communities the water just surged so quickly they could see fish, big fish, 
not catfish, big old fish just floating around like, hey, this is nature. This is our space. How can you coexist with us? Come on and talk to us, Dr. Hayes. Well, there are a lot of things. I want to go all the way back to the book of Genesis. When God confronted um, Cain about his brother Abel, and he tried to hem and haul and get out of the whole case. But the, the issue was that his blood is crying out to me from the ground. Mm-hmm. And the blood of our ancestors continues to cry from the ground of America. And America has to pay for the heinous acts that it has, yeah, well, we know it was not our generation, maybe not our generation, maybe it was our four four parents, but there's always that linkage. I believe that God works through generations Mm -hmm. and that there's never a singular generation without a succeeding generation, that we are all connected by the events of our ancestors and we're also connected by the energy of our ancestors. And so in many respects, um, some chickens come home to roost, as they say. And when we look at the uh, awful events that occur in terms of ecology, uh, human beings have transgressed many, many boundaries that they should not have. And so, as you say, circularly, things are coming back around. And the only thing we can do about it is hunker down and try to ride it out because it is it is what it is. And there's not a whole hell of a lot we can do about it. Yeah, it's, it's humbling uh, to say the least when we realize human fragility and frailty in terms of um, understanding that there is, there is a force that is, that always um, rights the wrongs. If we don't have better sense than to confess our wrongs and ask for forgiveness. And then the corrective action is to repent or to change and and as they say, where I come from, a hard head makes a soft behind. And you wonder, at what point do we do we um, say I am heartily sorry for my misdoings? Have mercy, and as as I have been given mercy, I have to show mercy. I have to show loving kindness. I have to be that. And and Dr. Hayes, I just want to, I just, you know, I, I am just, um, I'm appalled at the level of arrogance, you know, as we, as, as humans seem to believe that we might be the only living creatures that inhabit this space, and we're not. You know, um, many sacient beings that breathe, uh, that includes trees. I mean, we wouldn't be here. Uh, uh, getting our oxygen unless it was from the vegetation, 
you know, and to see those palm trees just snap to pieces, you know, every time a tree snaps, that's a life. You know, this palm tree has given you life by allowing you to breathe in the oxygen that they emit, emit and by the same token, taking away the carbon dioxide that we give off. And if we are not careful, our human consumption and our human expansion without, you know, offering tender care to the very ground that we walk on, it will, it will, uh, it will correct itself. In other words, I, I think about, I've taken so many pictures. I, I'm, I'm amazed at my elephant ears, this, these plants that I have and, and watching them give birth. And as they give birth, they die. And it's like, but they're not going to leave the flower pot without replenishing or having a replacement. And, and I, and I look at this nature and I think, well, you know, how arrogant are we? We, we live. And we breathe and we have our being because of God. But the space that we occupy could certainly be occupied by somebody else or something else. So it will be. And it will be. So cherish these moments. You know, we move so others can come. And, and if we're not taking care, I mean, that hurricane force and those winds, you know, they said it sounded like a, a freight train. It's indescribable. That's that, that's, that's that God. That's what old folks would say in antiquity. That's a theophany. Man, you just heard a theophany. That was God speaking. Well, God speaks to us in a lot of ways. And through many streams of life, God continues to show God's self as a progenitor. And... Um, we like to say that God destroys, but I don't believe God destroys. I think that we have destroyed what God, what good life giving uh, entities that God has given to us, we have not cared for. And we were told to care for the earth and um, to do those things that would enhance and sustain life. And we have failed to do it. And so we reap the whirlwind, so to speak, because that's what we have sown. And I don't know the arrogance of, of human beings to think that they could continually go against the grain and continue to do those things that they have understood and been told and been reminded are not going to sustain life and then expect that somehow the cosmic bellhop will zoom in and make everything all right it's not going to happen we will have to pay so to speak or we will reap what we have sown in another way of speaking but whatever we put out comes back to us that's a principle of the universe. Uh, and so little old me, little old you, could never expect that it would be any other way than that for us as well. Amen. I had an incident to happen, and, and I don't know if it was humbling or angering. I think it was 
borderline angering, uh, and I'm still trying to process it. And um, it was, and, and maybe this is the space in which I'm, I'm in with these zero tolerances for the arrogance of folks who think they know more than what they know and they really don't know. But but the sheer arrogance of, of one of my students, and I called her Karen Cracker, um, and I did it for a reason. Um, and, and you know, the, the colloquialism of Karen and back in those days where the, the Cracker was the one who, who had the whip of the slave, and that's why they were known as the Cracker because the whip of the slave, uh, the slave whip made that cracking sound. And so the term cracker meant, you know, so I'm using that for in, in its historical context. So Karen is what we call folks who would make those uh, um, bogus statements about black folks barbecuing or, or at the park bird watching or, you know, that's that, that white woman uh, imagery uh, who, who see black folks and call the police. So, Karen Cracker in my class, race relations class, was so belligerent and so arrogant. And, and she's been this way all semester. You know, you could tell a vexing spirit. And um, to the point where I was like, I want to escort her out of class because she don't even have to be here. I would give her her tuition money back since it's so painful for her to sit in class and to be engaged uh, her senior year, and this is a required class. So apparently, she waited till she didn't could had to take the class to take the class, and she she sent her little butt up in my class with all kinds of toxic energy around her. And so, you know, I, it, it is. I always wonder if students who are less melanated behave the same way in other classes as they as as this one behaves in the class that I'm in. And and it just it just is seething because this behavior is something that she has learned over time. And I don't want to uh, dismiss it because she is probably under the age of 25. So her frontal lobe isn't fully developed, but but if she doesn't correct her behavior, life is going to deal deal her a hand that she won't be able to handle. And it's almost like the hurricane eons, you know, and the hurricane Katrina's it it will, it will cause you to humble yourself. And you know, I, I just, I just wonder what happens, but then I think about, well, it's not just relegated to the Karen crackers. I see it in the Nelson Negro, (laughs) The Nelson Negro is just as bad as the Karen Cracker. The, those are the ones who who are so full of themselves. Now, this is the black people, young black people, who you want to just say, go open up the book of Proverbs and, and read what that means. See, just let, meditate on the whole book of Proverbs and just, just open it up wherever, where, open your Bible, wherever it lands, find one of the Proverbs and just read it. And and to think about what these proverbial sayings are sharing in terms of how to be wise and not being foolish, how to walk in this world and not think more highly of yourself than you really should. 
Um, and how I love that one where it says that the gray hair is the, you, you earn this gray hair. It, it just don't come overnight. But I mean, that's the wisdom. These, these gray hairs, every last one of them was earned because of the school of hard knocks and life. And, and just so good. Let me just pull out one and tell you what, th- where this one came from. You know, uh, come on, talk back to me, Dr. Hayes. Well, uh, respect um, is a word that covers a lot of territory. And if we don't have respect in every situation, then the opposite is true. We're being disrespectful. And some, uh, some of us, have not have not been I'll use the word raised uh, have not been taught uh, the importance of respect and and the whole idea that you, that you get what you give and uh, there will always come a time when you need to be respected or you want to be respected and if you have not lived your life in a respectful way you have no right to expect respect. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm not talking in circles. But when we have been disrespected and, and all of us have had those occasions upon which we have been disrespected, um, it's best to let it go. It's best to leave it alone because essentially we'll be tempting that person to disrespect us again. Mm-hmm. And the more disrespect they put out, the more disrespect they will get. And they don't need to get it from you. Mm-hmm. They'll get it from the next person. Mm-hmm. And then they'll remember when they feel what you feel, how they have treated other people. Now, that requires a lot of self-discipline. But you'll never force a person to respect you. You have to command respect. I can't make you respect me. But I can command your respect by the respect I give. So we practice what we preach. And we practice what we desire to see. So, and that's, and that's, that requires a lot of maturity because our first visceral instinct is to lash back when we have been disrespected, but we never win that way. It never produces good results because people will continue to push. And some people have, have a greater ability to push than we do. And Dr. Hayes, that respect, and uh, it, it goes with, with people, it goes respect in nature, it goes with with everything. And so, you know, as you were talking, I was trying to remember the staple singers, respect yourself. I think yeah. it's important. If you don't respect yourself, ain't nobody going to give a hoot about you. It is so true. 
if you disrespect everybody that you run into, how in the world are you going to expect anybody to respect you? important you know respect yourself i think that's the order of the day dr hayes and i thank you for this opportunity to share thank you dr And on that note, we can sign off. It has been a privilege, a pleasure, and an honor to have you join in with us today. Remember that everything will be all right until we meet again. Stay safe and well.